Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today we continue our study of Genesis in chapter 21. Yahweh visited Sarah as he had said, and Yahweh did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son, who was born to him, whom Sarah bore him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. And the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, laughing. So she said to Abraham, Cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not be the heir with my son Isaac. And the thing was very displeasing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, Be not displeased because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you, for through Isaac shall your offspring be named, and I will make a nation of the son of the slave woman also, because he is your offspring. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder, along with the child, and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba, When the water in the skin was gone, she put the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off, about the distance of a bowshot, for she said, Let me not look on the death of the child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Up, lift up the boy, and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy, and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. At that time Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, said to Abraham, God is with you in all that you do. Now therefore swear to me here by God that you will not deal falsely with me or with my descendants or with my posterity, but as I have dealt kindly with you, so you will deal with me and with the land where you have sojourned. And Abraham said, I will swear. When Abraham reproved Abimelech about a well of water that Abimelech's servants had seized, Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this thing. You did not tell me, and I have not heard of it until today. So Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech, and the two men made a covenant. 
Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock apart. And Abimelech said to Abraham, What is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs that you have set apart? He said, These seven ewe lambs you will take from my hand, that this may be a witness for me that I dug this well. Therefore that place was called Beersheba, because there both of them swore an oath. So they made a covenant at Beersheba. Then Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, rose up and returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba and called there on the name of Yahweh, the everlasting God. And Abraham sojourned many days in the land of the Philistines. This is the word of the Lord. The primary emphasis in the text today is going to be about God keeping his promises. That's a wonderful point to then stress with your own children as you discuss the chapter. So you can start out, perhaps, by asking what promises has God made to Abraham so far? You can go all the way back to chapter 12 on this. We've seen it several times in the chapter since, but it started there. The idea that God would make Abraham into a great nation, that Abraham would have descendants after him, and that through those descendants there would come one by whom all the nations of this earth would be blessed. We know that to be Jesus fulfilled in him as our Savior who has taken away the sins of the whole world, not just of one people, but of all people. So he's going to have a son, even his old age. God is going to give him the promised land of Canaan, and, and so forth. Many promises made. More specifically here, the promise reiterated that at this time next year, Abraham would have a son by his wife Sarah. God has kept that promise. So as you're talking about these promises God made with Abraham, you can now shift forward and talk about what promises has God given to you? And so we think about the promise that our sins are forgiven in Christ. We think about the promise that God will raise us from death. We think about the promise that God will bring us to be with him where he is in the new heaven and the new earth where we get to live and reign with Jesus Christ forevermore. As you see the promises God makes in Scripture and you move your way through from one chapter to the next, one book to the next, God is faithful. We see him fulfill his promises again and again. And this is why we know with certainty as Christians that the promises of Jesus Christ will never fail us, but that he indeed will come again. Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. So here we see God faithful to that promise. Sarah has a son in her old age, in Abraham's old age, so he's a hundred, which makes her ninety, ninety-one, right in that range. It's an awful old age to be having a child at. We were told already that she is beyond the way of women. It has ceased to be with her, and yet God has done this miracle. We can go as far as to say God has prevented her from having a child up to this point in order to show his faithfulness to them but also so that they can believe in his promises moving forward. Abraham, as he was commanded to do, calls the name of his son Isaac. Isaac is Hebrew for he laughs. On the one hand, the name is a reminder of Abraham and Sarah's sin, that they failed to trust in the promises that God made. 
Genesis 17, when God promised this son, born by Sarah after Ishmael was already born, Abraham laughed. He couldn't believe the promise. In the very next chapter, as Sarah hears those same promises from God, she laughs that it can't be possible. They doubted it. But their doubt didn't undo the promise. Their doubt didn't stop God from being faithful. He gave a son to them in their old age. He was faithful when they were not. This is something that echoes all the way through this chapter. It's going to be the same with Hagar in the next section. That she's going to fail to trust the promise. God, in chapter 16, promised Hagar that her son would grow up. He promised her that he would become a nation of peoples of his own, that kings would come from him, and she's failing to trust that promise. We see it again and again. We see it in ourselves as well, that we fail to always trust. We fail to always have faith that God will provide, and yet God is still faithful. He hears the cries of his people. He hears Abraham and Sarah. He hears Hagar and Ishmael. He hears you. He hears me. And he answers. He provides the gifts that he has promised. He keeps his promises anyway. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Now, Sarah is going to take this promise. She's going to take this name for her son Isaac, which is, again, a reminder of their their failure to trust, she's going to see it positively, that people will essentially laugh with her. They will share in her joy of having had a son in her old age. And this is also true of this name. It is a reminder that God is faithful, that God provides. And so it's a daily reminder to them that they can trust his promises. I have borne him a son in his old age. You might have a conversation together about, again, why is this important? God can do anything. God has done even this. Something the world would deem impossible. For us, that's the resurrection of the dead. The world would deem it impossible. And yet Christ has promised it to you. We did skip over uh, Isaac getting circumcised on the eighth day, as God had commanded. So entering into the covenant from Genesis chapter 17. Even Jesus circumcised on the eighth day when he comes into the New Testament. Verse 8, as Isaac grows, he's weaned, maybe two years old, three years old. Abraham throws a feast. The Lutheran study Bible here wrote, everything associated with Isaac was an occasion for celebration. A rite of passage, perhaps, to be weaned from infancy into childhood. But they celebrate, and as they celebrate, Sarah sees Ishmael, son of Hagar, the Egyptian. He sees him laugh, she sees him laughing, and she gets upset about it. We're not specifically told in this context here that that laughter is actually a mocking of Isaac. It may have been. The Apostle Paul is going to pick up on this 
as you move forward in scripture, that's going to be in Galatians chapter 4, where he will specifically say in verse 29 that at the time he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the spirit. That would be Ishmael persecuting Isaac. It could be a reference to this, that there's more than just laughter, but a a mockery um, that's going on here. It might be a reference to another occasion in their, their childhood, growing up together. So Sarah may be angry that Ishmael is mistreating her son Isaac. She may also simply be jealously angry that she's seeing this boy and that he's happy. If it's just a more general laughter that's going on here. Either way, she commands her husband, which is out of turn. It's supposed to be him that commands his wife. But she commands him, cast out this slave woman with her son. He shall not be the heir with my son Isaac. That last bit's the concern. Ishmael is the oldest. He's the firstborn son. So in terms of ancient history, the inheritance is his. And that's not the way it's supposed to play out. So Sarah, trying to take matters into her own hands again, um, tells Abraham to get rid of them. The thing was displeasing to Abraham on account of his son. Notice continuously throughout the book of Genesis, Abraham seems to not care for Hagar at all. He didn't care for her back in chapter 16 when Sarah was being awful to her. He doesn't care for her here. Just treats her as nothing. This is not good. This is not being a husband to his wife. This is a failure on his part. He only cares about the son, the child. God speaks to him. We can really take this more like a concession, consenting to what Sarah has demanded of him. What it's going to ultimately do is the division is put between Isaac and Ishmael. It's going to distinguish between who is the chosen. Who is God fulfilling his promise through? And it will not be through Ishmael. It will be through Isaac, just as God has said. So God is going to allow this to pass, and he is going to, as God, care for Hagar and Ishmael himself. He will provide for them, as we see as this text progresses. And he reiterates what he's already said, that he's going to make Ishmael into a nation as well, because he's Abraham's offspring, and so this is part of blessing Abraham. So Abraham wakes up the next day. He sends Hagar away with Ishmael. It's a... It's kind of humorous in this text. It makes it sound like she's carrying her son Ishmael. Put the water skin on her shoulder along with the child. So it sounds like Abraham put Ishmael on Hagar to ride on her shoulders. Verse 15, she put the child under one of the bushes. Lift up the boy, verse 18. That might just be stand him up, but the grammar here sounds like she's carrying Ishmael. He's 15, 16, 17 years old, something like that. He was 14 when Isaac was born, and Isaac is now weaned. So it's an, it would be an impressive display of strength for Hagar to carry this, this her son. But maybe she did. Maybe. She heads towards the wilderness of Beersheba. 
Beersheba is going to get that name in the end of this chapter here, but Moses can already in hindsight reflect on that, that name for it. They will settle in the wilderness of Paran in verse 21, which is a wilderness that stretches from the bottom of the Dead Sea southwestward all the way over towards the Sinai Peninsula. She sets the boy under a bush and then disappears, goes a way off, doesn't want to see her son die because they've run out of water. She thinks they're dying, so she's not trusting again in God's promise. It's a dark time. She's struggling to trust. But he reiterates his promise to her, just as he does for us. He reiterates that as he speaks to her, the angel of God, which is perhaps a reference to Jesus himself, this the angel of the Old Testament, that he's going to care for her. God has heard the voice of her son. I will make him into a great nation. So he opens her eyes so she can see the well of water before her. He provides, just as he's going to open the eyes of Abraham in the next chapter so he can see the ram. Very similar phrases. The idea that she sat about a bow shot away, um, likely a couple hundred yards could be how we would consider that that phrase. I mean, the, the world record holder for a bow shot, that doesn't happen until much later. Harry Drake in 1971, 676 yards. He broke his own record in 1988, but that was with the crossbow at that point. So that was 2,000 yards. 600 yards is quite a bit, but a couple hundred yards might be more reasonable for an average shot. She takes a wife for him from the land of Egypt, which is from her people. And then we kind of cut off on that. We'll hear more about Ishmael later on. At this point, Abimelech, king of Gerar, comes back into the picture. This time he's got Phicol, the commander of his army, with him. Phicol is a very minor character in scripture. We only see him ever with Abimelech and only these three times, two of them right here in this section. Abimelech makes Abraham make a covenant with him, makes Abraham swear that he will not lie again, uh, but that he will deal well with Abimelech as Abimelech has dealt well with him, also with his children and with the land in which Abraham has lived. And Abraham swears. He makes the oath. Now, in doing this, then they end up with a little fight, a spat over a well of water that Abraham has dug. And Abimelech plays innocent here. He claims he hasn't heard anything about it until just now, so how could he do anything? It's still his responsibility, though. His men did this. That, that makes it his. And so Abraham pulls a, a play from Abimelech's book. He, he learns from him. In chapter 20 yesterday, we saw Abimelech make a payment to Abraham to show that he had done no wrong by Sarah. And so here, Abraham makes a payment to Abimelech to show that he has done no wrong, that he is speaking truly about this well. Abraham takes seven lambs, sets them aside. When Abimelech asks him, uh, again, he says, this is a witness for me that I dug this well. But the well is going to be named after this. I mean, English doesn't help us here. It says, therefore, that place was called Beersheba because there both of them swore an oath. Beersheba is Hebrew not for swearing an oath. It's Hebrew for well of seven. It's a reference to what Abraham did in the swearing of the oath, taking that 
at seven lambs and putting them before Abimelech. Beersheba is going to become the southernmost city in the nation of Israel, the promised land in the future. So it's relevant in that regard. Abraham then plants a tree, a symbol that he's planning to stay there a while. He calls upon the name of God, so he prays. And indeed, he does end up sojourning there in the land of the Philistines for many days, which is a fairly open-ended term. I mean, 17 would be many. Also, a 1,000 would be many. It's, it's unknown just how long he remains in that place. Let us praise the Praise the one who 